This is Andy Perroir for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by the dream Devin Haney here in Miami. Take two, Devin I apologise there's a little issue with the sound when I was just watching you back there but I appreciate you hanging around, it does mean a lot. But Devin obviously first and foremost how are you doing and how's the injury healing up? Well I'm doing great, you know uh, my, my, my injury you know is, is, is coming along good now, it's healing, you know um, I just started physical therapy so uh, I'm closer and closer to, to being back in the ring soon. How frustrating is that for you to start off your 2020 knowing you have the injury which will keep you out for probably five or six more months? Um, you know, uh, it was frustrating at first, you know, but but now I'm looking on the bright side. You know, uh, I never took a break from boxing in my life, you know, so this is this is my first break. It finally gave my body time to recover and, 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 and you know, me to, 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 to rest. And, and now, you know, I develop, now that I actually, I miss boxing, I, I miss training, I miss, I miss being in the gym. So it's going to make it to, to make it for, you know, when I do come back, I'm going to be 100% motivated and 100%, you know, ready for, you know, whatever. How important can that time off be though, especially when you consider you're so young? A lot of fighters, despite the fact you are a world champion, when you are so young, a lot of fighters can look to fight as often as they can and be as active as they can. So for yourself, how important has a bit of time off been? Yeah, I fought more than, you know, pretty much any fighter today, you know, so... Well, any fighter at the top, you know, I've been more busier than all of them. So, you know, it actually paid off, you know, because, you know, me being so busy earlier in my career, you know, made it to where I can rest at this time. Obviously, unfortunately, your injury means that Luke Campbell and Javier Fortuna will fight for the full version of your WBC world title. And once you're back, you'll be able to face the winner immediately. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't really understand that situation too well. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I w and when I came back, I was willing to, you know, clean out the division, no matter who it was. So uh, it doesn't matter who has the titles, who has the belts. When I come back, I'm ready for whoever. Obviously, when the WBC made that announcement, what was your initial reaction to it? What did the WBC or Mauricio Suleiman say to you? Uh, I, I read about it on, online. I didn't. I didn't. Nobody ever told me anything. Uh, I, I read about it online. Uh, that was really. I, I got the news when everybody else got the news. It was my the day, the day after surgery when I when I read about it. But um, I didn't really understand it. But I talked to Mauricio, and when I come back, you know, uh, I'll be champion again. So that's all that matters. How does it change your plans for 2020? Obviously, I know you want to look towards bigger fights and unifying, but you have to go into fight for your your title once again. How does it change your plans for 2021? You are back. Well, you know, the that's just one title. You know. Um, you know, there, 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 there's other belts in the in, in the division, and I want to make the the biggest fights happen. You know, I don't have to go back right back and, and fight for that title. I can fight for you know another world title, or or the the biggest fights. You know, uh, uh, of course, the belts are important. You know, I, I became world champion. That was an important thing. That was a very important to me. But now, you know, I want to make the biggest fights happen. How do you see 2020 playing out for yourself when you are back from your injury? Um, in 2020, you know, I'm looking to get right, right back into it. You know, uh, you know, first I'll really have to see how my shoulder is holding up and, and how everything is going. But um, in 2020, you know, I want to make, you know, uh, I want to have two to three big, big fights. Obviously, we're here in Miami as well. I just want to get your thoughts on this fight card. Tevin Farmer versus Joseph Diaz has been billed as kind of a 50-50 in some cases. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think that it's just that, you know, that fight is a, is a really good fight. You know, uh, of course, I'm going with my boy Tevin. Uh, you know, so he's a good friend of mine. But um, that fight is a, is a grudge match. You know, uh, both of those guys are going to bring it, and that's a fight that, I, that I'm interested in the most. 
And Demetrius Andrade, I know that he's got this Luke Keeler fight, but there's a lot of talk about what's next for him. Uh, his name's been linked with Canelo. Say if Demetrius was successful on Thursday night, how would he fare against Canelo, in your opinion? I think he'd do very good against Canelo. I think, uh, you know, he has a style, style tailor-made to, to beat Canelo. Not saying that he will, not saying that he won't. Uh, but he, he has a style to, to, to give him a lot of trouble. Uh, he, you know, he showed that he has trouble with Southpaw, who, who can box, in which he which he's both of those. So, uh, but we'll just have to see, you know, styles make fights, we'll have to see. Another fighter who you you all know and who you shared a card with last time, Billy Joe Saunders, he's also been linked with Demetrius Andrade. How do you think that fight would play out? Very good fight as well. Uh, Billy Joe is a really good boxer. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I like I like him as well. Uh, in the middleweight division, like, like I just was saying, any one of those guys could beat each other, you know, on, on any given night, so, uh, I'm, I'm here for it. And a fight on this card as well, which has divided opinion amongst the boxing hardcore, is the YouTube fight between Jack Paul and Anis and Gibb. What's your thoughts on this crossover and seeing YouTubers enter the boxing ring? Uh, you know, I, I feel like it's good for boxing. A lot of people, they, they don't like it, but, you know, it's new fans and these guys are trying to, you know, actually make a career out of it. You know, uh, they're, they're, they're professional boxers and, uh, yeah, they, they, they have a big following, so, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm sitting here and say that I'm just fans of them or anything like that, but, you know, uh, they're boxers just like anyone else. You fought, obviously, on the last YouTube headline card between KSI and Logan Paul. Did you feel that you could reap the benefits of it? Did you see any new fans kind of start following your journey or anything? Yeah, I, I gained a lot of new fans. I gained, like, uh, like 50,000 followers, like, the, 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 the night of the fight or something like that, so uh, I, got, I, I gained a lot from it. Before I do let you go, I just want to get your thoughts as well. We're about a month away from Wilder Fury 2. What are your thoughts on it, Devin? Uh, I think that's a good fight. Um, the first fight, you know, uh, I don't think that Wilder was prepared for the type of style that, that Fury had. He knew he was very awkward. But uh, I think the second fight, he'll, he'll be prepared and uh, he, he should get the win. And final word to yourself, what would you like to say to everybody ahead of your 2020? You know, thank you, thank you to everybody who's been supporting me, you know, through, through my injury. You know, uh, I, look back, I look to be back in the ring, you know, June, late, uh, late June, early July. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, put on another great performance. Thank you, guys. David, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you hanging around once again a lot. So thank you and best of luck for 2020. Catch up with you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. This is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm joined by Avril Maffi here in Miami. Avril, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Obviously, it's nice to hear that you're doing well as well. No, obviously you're of Australian descent, so just talk to me about how you actually ended up in Miami. So, I lived my whole life in Australia and uh, about four years ago, I was boxing as an amateur in Australia for a few years and I decided I want to give this boxing thing a proper crack. I'm good at it and I know I can, I can have a go at this, but you can't, boxing is not a viable career in Australia. Like even our best male boxers have other jobs. So, but it is in America. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to just like jump on a plane and see what's up. And uh, I was modeling and I got an amazing opportunity to come here for modeling that helped me get in the country. And uh, so I had another bunch of amateur fights here in America and then turned pro. How difficult a decision was it to leave Australia to come to America after leaving behind your family and friends and coming out here on your own effectively? 
not difficult. <laughs> um, I got kicked out of home when I was 15, so I've been, and don't look at me with sadness, I've had the best life ever, to be honest. And uh, I love my parents, I talk to them all the time, um, but uh, I've always been really independent and I've always fended for myself and just gone after whatever the hell I want to do, so I'm comfortable. I'm going to pick that back up there, I'll have to apologise for light on my battery ran out, so very unprofessional but I apologise. But obviously we mentioned you, we were talking about your route to America and how you're finding your time out here and leaving behind Australia and just to pick that back up there, what was that like? Uh, yeah, so it was pretty easy to make the move. Um, I got kicked out of home when I was 15, so, and don't get me wrong, I love my family and we talk and everything's happy and I had the best life ever in that process, but I've always been very independent and but had a very strong belief in myself, more than a normal person really should have, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it's worked for me so far, and if there's anything I want to do, I just get up and go for it. And I'm, I'm good at making friends, so of course I, I wish all my friends could be with me everywhere, but I make new ones, and I always have a great time everywhere, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Now, obviously, you mentioned you was also, I don't know if I was saying, you was also, or you still are a model. How do you kind of balance modelling and boxing? Uh, it's pretty easy really like I just don't book shoots in the lead up to fights like you know a week or two or if I have a black eye or something then I'll let people know <laughs> but uh, typically I, I mean I move my head really good you know so I don't get too damaged too often and uh, actually I feel like the two help the other I book a lot of modeling jobs because I'm a boxer um, and you know it keeps me in shape for, for shoots and stuff so yeah, they fit together surprisingly well. I mean, what do you prefer? Do you, you know, if you had the opportunity, would you like to go just full-time concentrate on modelling or full-time concentrate on boxing? What would be your preference if you had the opportunity to choose? Well, I, I've had and have both those opportunities and I've chosen boxing, so... So there's no more modelling uh, lined up? I mean, I still model here and there, like, you know, but I'm, I'm a full-time boxer. Well, ahead of Thursday, what exactly should everybody expect from yourself with regards to your style and how exactly you're going to be looking to impress everyone? Of course. What are we here for? <laughs> this is the biggest show in Miami in decades, maybe ever. Um, of course, I'll be, you know, putting my best foot forward and putting on a show. Um, my style is I move a lot. I move my head. I'm in and out. I'm, I'm always the tall girl. So I play that game, I think, very well. And uh, But I'm looking to work on my mid-range and inside game a little um, in this fight as well. I know I've got a much shorter opponent and uh, she swings those big punches and uh, yeah, she she likes to counter and come in. So I'll, uh, I'll be looking to, you know, all the things I've been working on in training camp, put them into practice and pull off a really good victory. You know, you've got Amanda Serrano also on the card. I heard you mention Katie Taylor in a previous interview. In Amanda's case, what's it going to be like for you to be on the same card as her, somebody who's seven-time world champion? What's it going to be like for yourself? Yeah, wow, incredible. Like, what a talent and what she's achieved in boxing is amazing. She's an incredible fighter, incredible talent. I can't wait to watch her fight. I've actually watched a lot of her fights and uh, she she goes at it. She's she's great to watch. So to be on the same card as her, like, wow. But I mean, this this whole card, like, it's like boxing royalty on one card. It's incredible. So. And finally, before I do let you go, obviously, there's a fight which has caused some divided opinion amongst the boxing hardcore. There's two YouTubers on the show, Anise and Gibb and Jack Paul. What's your thoughts on seeing YouTubers entering the boxing ring? 
I just think do whatever excites you in life and have a crack. Let's go, guys. <laughs> Avril, I appreciate your time. What would, what would be your final message to everyone ahead of Thursday night? Let's go. <laughs> Avril, Avril, thank you. Speak to myself and Boxing Social. Thank you. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in Miami, head of Miami Fight Night this Thursday. I'm delighted to be joined by Avril Mavi. Have I pronounced that right? That's correct. Yes. yes. Your accent, because you're like, you're Australian, aren't you? Australian, yeah. yeah. Fully Australian. Fully Australian, yeah. but you live out here in Miami. Yes, correct. I've been here for almost four years now. Okay. Um, why did you decide to come out to Miami? Well, I was boxing as an amateur in Australia and I really decided that I wanted to turn pro but I thought there's no point doing that in Australia because the boxing scene's really not that big there and it's impossible to, like all our best boxers in Australia have other jobs, it's not a viable career in Australia but in America it is and in my opinion if you want to be the best at something you need to be doing it day in day out and like committing your life to it so um, that means being able to make a career out of it and since I moved to America I've had some amazing opportunities uh, not just with boxing but with modeling as well and the whole package has really propelled me forward and allowed me to be a full-time boxer. Can you talk to me about how the link up and association came with MTK Global? Sorry, I didn't catch that. How the link-up came with MTK Global. Uh, okay, so Chris Algieri is one of my best friends and Kevin Rooney is one of his best friends, also a friend of mine. And uh, when I uh, had just turned pro, uh, Kevin introduced me to MTK because he'd worked with some of the guys before in the past. And he was like, guys, like you have to meet this girl. She's, you know, going to be great with MTK. And so told to me because, you know, it's difficult with boxing there's a lot of people you don't know who to trust and who's going to do the right and the wrong thing and especially Chris has had a hard run and being one of my best friends I've seen the the worst and the best of it so uh, it, it was Kevin vouched for MTK and was like you know there's some of the good guys in boxing and they'll take good care of you and so far they've been amazing for me so I'm really happy. When this show got announced here in Miami, you must have thought, wow, finally uh, a high-end show comes to Miami and surely I've got to be on it. That's what must, you must have thought that, surely. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, we don't really have that many boxing shows in Miami and anything we do have is typically pretty small. So when I found out about this card, I was like, no way. Like, it's one of the biggest fight shows of the year in the world, like, let alone just for Miami. And... Um, I wanted to be on it so bad and um, yeah, I'm super excited to have got the opportunity. Actually, I, I met Eddie in Mykonos. Oh no, there he is, there he is. <laughs> Eddie, I was just telling our story. <laughs> oh, please carry on, please carry on. Yeah, so I actually met Eddie in Mykonos randomly a few years ago and uh, my boss who I was working for out there at the time was a, a friend of Eddie and uh, so, yeah, we went out one night. He was there on a bachelor party. But the thing was, I didn't even know who he was at the time. <laughs> and, uh, it's all right, you can be forgiven for that one. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, 
it was, yeah, it was great to meet him then, but we haven't really been in touch or anything. And then uh, when I got on the show, obviously he knew who I was from Mykonos. So he uh, he sent me a message like, we finally did it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm super grateful. So I wonder how many other people have got I met Eddie Hearn in Mykonos <laughs> stories, Avril. Yeah, no, I won't be saying any more about that. <laughs> um, how aware of the... UK scene for women's boxing are you? Like, how aware of it are you? What fighters do you know from the UK? Uh, as far as women's boxing, I don't really know too many from the UK. I mean, I know who Katie Taylor is, an amazing talent um, from Ireland, obviously. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. Yeah. Because women's boxing in the UK is kind of thriving at the moment. It's doing better than it has done over the years. So I suppose... Katie Taylor's got a big part to play with that, but there's also other boxers like Savannah Marshall and there's Shannon Courtney. There's loads of boxers kind of on the women's circuit that are trying to build their name. Yeah, actually I have heard of some of these names before. I just couldn't think of them off the top of my head. Sorry, girls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, the scene in the UK for boxing is incredible. Um, but I think UK boxing is like everyone in the UK knows about UK boxing and gets behind it, which is amazing and really supports it. Um, and then it's the same here in America. Where, and I guess because I'm here in America, I follow more of the American boxers. And for me, I actually never really watched too much boxing. I know that's so bad to say, and I'm really embarrassed to admit that. But uh, I didn't really start watching boxing until I was here in America and I'd be training in the gym. And, you know, I'm very friendly. I'll say hello to everybody. If there's some new guy in the gym, I'll be like, oh, hey, how are you? What's your name? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, be like, when's your next fight coming up? And is there a way I can watch? And it'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm Paulie Malinaji and it's on HBO. And I'm like, wait, are you famous? Who are you? <laughs> and so then, of course, I watch his fight and then there's all the other fights on the undercard and you're kind of like, damn, that guy was good and you follow his career a little bit. And, yeah, so then I started to really get into boxing only, like, a few years ago when I moved to Miami. So I'm embarrassed to admit that, but, I, I you know, I, I'm more aware of the American scene now because just being here and meeting these guys in person in the gyms I travel a lot around America to other gyms just to it's tough getting sparring sometimes so I'll go spend time in Chicago LA New York and just hang out and spar for a week or two or a month or you know get some different work it's the best way to improve and um, yeah through that I've just like met a lot of different guys and just follow their careers and yeah can you just for people that don't know Avril Tell me about your boxing career since it started, kind of what you've done and what you haven't done yet, etc. Yeah, sure. So uh, I used to kickbox just for fitness, like Muay Thai, when I lived in Australia. And at one point I threw a kick and when I put the foot back on the ground, I landed funny and I broke my toe. So boxing was the only thing I could do to stay fit. Um, I couldn't run, couldn't jump, nothing, but I could hobble around on the outside of my foot. So I started boxing and the coach I had at the time, he had been a boxer, not a good one or anything, but like started teaching me more the tactical side of it. And I was like, wait a second, I need to have a fight. I need to be tested. So I had my first fight six months later, still had a dodgy foot and uh, I won and I was just like, oh my God, like, because I, I come from a background of doing pageants and modelling. And when I first started doing that, it was like a thrill to get up on stage. You have to answer questions on the spot. And I don't know if you saw me today. I didn't know I had to make a speech today. They threw me up there and they're like, the stage is yours. I was like, damn. And I had to just come out with something. And I was like, thank God, pageant's paying off. <laughs> but um, anyway, so 
the, the edge that the pageants were sort of losing for me, that thrill, boxing gave me back, plus more. Like you have to think in split seconds of time and react to someone coming at you, but it's not just intellectual, it's like your fitness and everything that you prepare and put into it on the line as well. So boxing was like my addiction, but uh, I was just boxing as an amateur in Australia. Like I said, I, uh, I didn't see the point in turning pro in Australia. And then a few years in, I thought, you know what? Like, I would really, I want to have a proper go at this. Like, you only get one life and, like, why not? You know, like, I don't want to get to old and be like, why didn't I try? Like, what's the worst that can happen? I go back home or do something else or do more modeling or whatever. Like, or who knows what other opportunities might come up. So I, uh, I moved to America and... Uh, just gave it a go. I had another, I had 11 amateur fights in Australia. I had another nine in America. And honestly, I didn't really like do anything amazing in the amateurs, but that wasn't what it was about for me. Like it's hard enough to get a fight being a female as an amateur. Uh, so for me, I sort of more used it just to, I wanted to get to a stage where I could get in the ring and be focused from start to finish and not be like overcome with adrenaline and nerves. And when I had five fights like that, I was like, all right, boom, ready to turn pro, let's go. So uh, I turned pro. It was hard to get opportunities as a zero and zero. You know, no one wants to put you on their card. So um, I had a couple of fights over in the Dominican Republic just to, you know, test the no headgear thing going on and, uh, you know, build a record a little bit. And then after that, I was like, all right, like, let's get some real fights going on here. So uh, I had uh, a really tough fight, my third fight in uh, Tampa. And it was against a girl, she was like five and five, one draw, I think. But she was good, like her five losses, one was a world title shot, like the rest were against champions, you know. And I think I won that fight, but it was a draw. So it was a tough fight and it was what I really wanted, you know. And uh, since then it's just been, yeah, like good fights that I've been able to build myself and implement the things that I'm learning and um, grow as a fighter. And I'd like to have a few more fights of, you know, I, I'm, I'm improving a lot from fight to fight, but I'm not quite where I want to be yet before I start taking those world title shots. Like, I'm getting there and I'm close, but I want a few more just to like, you know, the things I've been working on, know and have the confidence that I can pull them off and like be who I want to be. And yeah, every, every fight's a step closer and um, this is going to be another one of those, you know, putting on a performance and putting on a show and um, yeah, just like getting up there and having a great time. So uh, I'm hoping maybe by the end of the year, I might be ready for that world title shot. That's what I'm planning in my head so we'll see yeah right now I just want to stay busy take as many fights as possible I, I love to fight like like nothing else so the more I can have the better and the faster they go the better because then I can have more <laughs> so yeah so are you model first then boxer or boxer first then model if you're talking timeline then model first then boxer if you're talking right now what's important to me in my life boxer first then model that's a fair comment that's a fair comment <laughs> Well, if you ever need any sparring in the UK, let yeah. me know. There's Hook you up with one of the girls. Amazing talents out there. Yeah, I, last time I was there, I was sparring with uh, Sherelle Brown yeah, Sherelle and Brown. Amy... Uh, what's her name? Amy Whiteside. No, she's amateur and she's uh, might, she fights at 57 kilos, blondie, and she always wears baggy clothes. She's such a pretty girl, smoking body, but she wears the baggiest clothes. Anyway, she's a talent. She actually fights for the New Zealand team, but she's based out of uh, 
based in London and yeah, great sparring for me. Yeah, so um, but the more the merrier. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, always looking for it. So. No problem. Well, listen, I've had you for 11 minutes now, so I'm not going to take too much more of your time. I appreciate your time, Avril. Let's see uh, what you bring in Miami on Thursday night, live on DAZN and obviously on Sky Sports back in the UK. So, yeah, you're obviously on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. Yeah, everything. I'm just my name, Avril Mathie, which is like Avril Levine, and then Mathie, like math, science and English, but with an IE. <laughs> You've said that before, haven't you? You've said that before. It's not the easiest name to spell, so you've got to have like something, you know? Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you in action on Thursday night. Best right, of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Avril. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour. February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. This is Ryan Elliott for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. We're in Miami to be joined by Arthur Jones III. Arthur, I haven't seen you since we're in the UK. How you been keeping? I've been good. How about you? Very good. Thank you for asking. Let's talk about you. Obviously here for this big night of boxing in Miami Thursday evening. Three world title fights, a couple YouTubers as well. How excited are you to chalk off the first one of the year? Um, I'm very excited. You know, 20, 2019 was a good, a good year, but I think 2020 is going to be even better for me. What is it you're hoping to get out of Thursday? Is it about learning? Is it about enjoying the occasion as well? Uh, everything, you know, it's business. But uh, I want to, you know, learn, you know, get get a couple rounds and, and hopefully, hopefully finish, you know. Is there a couple of fighters you're looking at on this bill? You know, you've got a couple of fellow American world champions on there that you're maybe looking at and thinking one day. Yeah, um, Tevin Farmer, you know, slick, you know, hard to hit. Maybe one day, you know, but um, yeah. I'm just looking. You know, observing. This is business. Um, Demetrius Andre, can't wait to see him fight. Um, you know, Jojo Diaz, yeah. I was a fan, but I have to go with Tevin Farmer over him any day, you know. You can't hit what you can't catch. Now with yourself, just to go back to last year, you had the four wins, uh, your final fight of the year. A really good learning fight for you at 19 years of age. There was that headbutt, you had to deal with maybe a bit of concussion and feeling a bit woozy in there. Got the win, how much did you learn from that experience? I learned uh, very, very lot. Uh, you know, headbutts, they're going to come. It's not the first time or the last time it's going to happen. But you have to deal with adversity and uh, you have to continue. But not show it. You got to keep that poker face. And what is it you've been working on in the gym since then? Obviously, from then through the Christmas period as well. What is it you've been trying to do in the gym from that? Uh, just really trying to uh, settle and uh, finding a chin, you know, placing my punches, you know, amateur is. Points, 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 points. But, you know, in the pro, you have to really sit down, you know, look for the chin, you know, start hitting a little harder, you know, littler gloves. And um, I'm looking to clean it up. Now, you obviously turned over so young. I believe you're only 19 years of age still. You mentioned in that transition from trying to, you know, that amateur style to maybe sitting down on your punches a bit more. Do you feel like you're getting there now? Um, I feel like I am slowly, slowly but surely. But um, it's going to come, you know. Uh, no rush, you know. 
know, uh, fighters this young really don't don't turn pro this young. So, uh, you know, I got time. You know, I'm going to keep going and going and going. It's going to come surely. We've seen the young American fighters signed to Eddie, keeping really busy since they turned professional. You had the four fights. Austin Armour Williams on this bill as well. He was very busy last year. Is that the plan again this year, just be as busy as possible and keep learning? Yeah, busy as possible to, to get that knowledge, man, you know. That's it. Now, obviously, as I mentioned, the last time I saw you was in the UK. Now you look back on that experience, how much did you enjoy it, not only sort of mixing with the fans, fighting in the legendary York Hall as well? Yeah, uh, it was a good experience. Uh, York Hall is very legendary. And, um, you know, fighting with a lot of England fighters was good too. So, you know, I kind of uh, still got to learn the lingo down there, you know, cheers and, and stuff like that. I still got to learn that, but uh, no pressure, no pressure. Now it's on Thursday night, you're facing Juan Santiago, by far your most experienced opponent. I think he's had 31 fights or something like that. Have you seen much of him? Do you know what to expect? Uh, I, I watch a little film on him. I know what to expect. You know, 30 fights, that's a, that's a, a lot of uh, experience. But, you know me, uh, the slick, you know, come, come to box real good. I'm not going to back down. You know, uh, I'm going to look good and I'm going to handle business. When you're on these big shows and you're racking up the wins and getting all this big fight experience, is it sometimes hard to rein yourself in and not just want to push on too quickly? Uh, sometimes it's hard, but you know, you gotta control your emotions. So um, I just go out there and you know, try to stay calm, you know, try to listen to my corner and try to get the job done, try to get them out of there. Now also on this card with you, we've got the big screen up here with everybody on it. I'm seeing the two YouTubers, Jake Paul there from your country and Neeson Gibb with the press conference just before yours there. What have you made of this whole boxing and YouTube sort of crossover? And what do you make of this fight that you're sharing a bill with as well? Uh, you know, bringing the YouTubers is smart from Eddie. You know, the YouTubers have a lot of good following. And um, I'll be surprised if, if, if this arena doesn't be packed and sold out. You know, so it's very good. Now, obviously, you've got your sister here as well preparing for Tokyo 2020. How excited should we be about another talent in your family right here going into the Olympics? Well, you should be very excited. Uh, she just solidified her spot. She's number one at uh, 152. And, you know, we, we're looking to, to go to Olympics. You know, this will be our second Olympian from our gym. You know, we had Charles Conwell. Now it's going to be my sister, you know. I'm just pumped for her to go and, man, pumped for her to go win that gold, man, and represent the USA. If you can, can you try and explain what boxing means to your family? Obviously, it runs in the family. There's so much talent there. What has it meant to you all growing up? It uh, uh, meant a lot because um, we just all wanted to make our dad proud. You know, our dad started off boxing, but he never uh, really stayed with it. So, um, yeah, I was wanna, we all want to make our dad proud and uh, stick, stick with it and uh, keep the Jones legacy going. That's it. Post-Olympics all being well, do you think we could see a Jones double act on a matchroom show very soon? Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe not, you know. Uh, we had to ask Eddie about that one. But, um, yeah, she, she, she's going to be doing her thing, and I'm going to be doing my thing. We're going to keep the legacy going, just like I said. Final one before I let you go, Arthur. Next month we got a huge America v. Britain clash. we got Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder throwing it back. WBC World heavyweight title. How do you see the rematch playing out? I see the rematch. Uh, if, if Tyson Fury can survive, then Tyson Fury will get it, in my opinion. Because Tyson Fury, he's very slick and off uh, uh, defensive. You know, you can't hit what you can't catch. But, you know, he slowed down in the first fight a little bit, so he got caught. But if he survived, I, I think he's going to win. Uh, but Deontay Wilder, you can't forget about Deontay Wilder's strength.
one punch can do it. So, you know, it's a 50-50 fight. You can throw it up in the air. We're going to see who wins. What do the fans see Thursday evening from Arthur Jones III in Miami? Uh, they're going to see us slick, nice boxing. Arthur, thank you for your time as always. Best of luck Thursday. I'm sure we'll catch you very soon. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in Miami, head of Miami fight night this Thursday, Love of the Zone. I'm joined by the champ, Demetrius Andrade. How are you, sir? I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. You know, I'm here. It's go time, feeling good. I'm ready to put on the show, you know? You always seem kind of a happy soul during fight week. You seem bubbly and always upbeat. Is that how you are? Yeah, you know, I work hard to be where I'm at. You know, nobody gave me anything. And I believe and I feel in it from the inside out that I'm the, the best on the planet when it comes to this boxing thing as far as skills and talent. You know, at the end of the day, I just need for the other popular guys or the elite guys to get in the ring with me so everybody else can see it. What did you know about Luke Keeler before the fight was put to you, Demetrius? You know, nothing really. You know, I mean... Luke Killer is wasn't on my radar, you know. He um, happened to work his way up, work hard, win a few fights to be where he's at. You know, I'm happy for him, and now his train has to come to an end, you know. But he can at least he can say he fought one of the greatest middleweights out there. Are you expecting kind of a fast start from Keeler? Uh, it seems like that's the way he'll approach the fight with you. You know, I'm willing and able to take on any storm that comes my way. Um, you know, it's 12 rounds, and I know how to go 12 rounds, and I'm going to break him down because he hasn't really been 12 rounds with a champion. And, you know, I'm looking I'm looking to stop him. I'm looking to give him a beating so he can eat some of them words he talk about delusional. I mean, the only people that I know that's kind of delusional is people that get hit, and I don't get hit. Demetrius, for as long as I can remember, you've wanted this Canelo fight and this Canelo fight seems to be heading into the direction of Murata uh, from Japan. What do you make of that whole mix? He's also being linked with Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith. Your name doesn't get mentioned amongst those but you're still there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm just going to continue to beat the guy. So at the end of the day, there's nowhere else to run. Yeah, you could try to run the Murata. You could do that. If you go that way, I'm looking to get in with Billy Joe because therefore there is none. And then now it's only up to Billy Joe to sit there and try to say, I'm going to wait for Canelo. Or is he going to move on with his life and do what he needs to do and get in a, a, another fight? Uh, I think a great elite fight between me and him, and that's like a high-caliber fight. So you're going to do that, or you just going to be hanging around fighting nobodies or fighting guys just to get by and not becoming nothing anymore, you know? These are the type of fights that he needs. These are the type of fights that I need to just get the people more behind wanting to see the Canelo fight. It does seem like a lot of fighters do hang off to see what Canelo's doing and kind of putting their career possibly on hold without even knowing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm going to sit back and, you know, I'm a, you know, you know, I can only do so much calling out. I'm done calling out these guys. What I'm going to do is just get the guys in front of me, do what I need to do, and look for the next guy that's willing to get in with me. That is a... 
uh, a credible guy at least, you know? At the end of the day, they might not be the most popular, but like I said, Luke Kaler seems like he's a credible guy. Seems like how Eddie Hunt speaks about him. Selecki fought Danny Jacobs, you know? Rosario, that's a credible guy, so that's all I gotta keep doing is fighting the credible guys that's out there, and I'm gonna become the house name and the popular guy and the demanding me to fight the Triple G's Canelo if Triple G's still around. Canelo for sure he'll be around. And you know whoever this is at 68 when I make that decision to maybe go up. Did you guys meet at an airport recently? You and Billy Joe. What happened there? Yeah, Heathrow. Heathrow Airport. I seen him and uh, he was like, hey mate, hey, hey, what you doing out here? Hey mate, hey, yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know Canelo's not going to fight us. Canelo's not going to fight us. And then he was like, what about me and you? I was like, Bro, just go have a safe trip. Enjoy your vacation. We tried it twice. You pulled, you did the dirty thing once. You went up the second time to go fight for the vacant 68, and I'm still willing to fight you at 168. So if you really want to do that, we'll do that. But save the bullshit talk and go home on your vacation, bro. Like go. Like I don't want to hear no boxing shit with you because you just talking just to talk. Of all the airports, you two happen to be in the same one. Yeah, I know. I mean, um, it was bound to happen because, you know, he's out there and I'm looking to take over out there. And the boxing fans would love to have a Billy Joe versus Demetrius Andrade. Was it O2, Wembley or something? One of those venues out there. Demetrius, I'm not going to take too much of your time. I appreciate your father. Can we just show people your T-shirt, first of all? Okay. Didn't I tell you... Not to touch the remote to TV. Didn't I take take out the trash? Are you delusional? <laughs> Talk about you took out the trash. Demetrius, thank you very much for your time and wish you the best of luck on Thursday night. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. God bless everybody out there, yo. Thank you. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour. February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of the game.